0: Please turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. Remain standing just for a moment. Most of us are familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan. The story was prompted by a question asked to Jesus by a lawyer, and the question was, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered the question with the story of a man, probably a Jew, who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and that story is found in Luke ten thirty. Jesus said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. A priest came by. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. The priest would represent the rites and the sacraments of organized religion, which themselves cannot save us. Likewise, a Levite, verse 32, when he arrived at the place, came and looked. He passed by on the other side. The Levite would represent men's moral and ethical efforts, which by themselves cannot save us. Verse 33 says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. I'll tell you who the Samaritan represents in just a few minutes. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, when that Samaritan departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay. Now, you've heard many sermons on the good Samaritan. But today, I want to focus on the man who was wounded and on the thieves who wounded him. I said, I want to focus today on the man who was wounded and on the thieves who wounded him. Repeat the word of our subject today, thieves. Said one more time, thieves. thieves, you may be seated. This man represents us. This man who was devastated and wounded represents every person in this room. And the thieves that came upon the man represent those things which actually or potentially strip us and wound us, and leave us half dead. I said the thieves represent those things that strip us, and wound us, and leave us half dead. But notice first that the man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's not unusual that the man was traveling because everybody is traveling. You've got some who know where they're going, then you have those who are just traveling. man got a job at the post office. They assigned him the responsibility of shorting and routing mail. And the man broke all records at the post office the first week he started. He would empty out huge vats of mail and send them away. And they were so impressed by him that they sent teams to observe him. And he was a flurry of activity. He would have thousands of letters. And in an hour or two, all the letters were routed. And so the committee went to him and complimented him and said, listen, we've never had a man get rid of as much mail as you can get rid of. You're moving that mail in a tremendous way. And the man said, oh, shucks, if I could read, I really would do something. (laughs) He could not read. He was sowing confusion at every place around the nation world because he was moving and traveling but did not know where he was going. So many are moving fast but in reality they're really getting nowhere. One young man told me that his life was like a merry-go-round. Life for many people is like that, but for them you have to drop the merry. They're not merry. They're not happy. They're just going around, passing by the same sights, having the same experiences, the same heartaches, the same problems, the same disappointments, and no further along at the end of the ride than they were at the beginning. No, it's not a merry-go-round they're just going around and around in agonizing circles but this man had a goal he had a destination he had an objective he knew where he was going and he was on his way he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho goals are essential to progress But good goals must not keep us from the best goals. Tell your neighbor, good goals goals. must not keep us from the best goals. goals. To prosper, to rise professionally, to gain material and physical comfort, to reach high levels of renown and popularity, even to help to enlighten people, those are good goals. But the good can be the enemy of the best. Even a good objective becomes a bad objective when it precludes God and when it shuts God out. I know you're busy. I know you're going somewhere. But don't forget about God. Don't forget to give God a major place in your life. To ascertain the purpose of a thing, you should ask The maker of that thing. We're not on earth by accident. We're not on earth by some purely natural process. God created us. God has revealed to us our purpose for the Bible says in Psalm 85 and 6. Psalm 95 and 6, beg your pardon. Oh come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Psalm 101, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. So we exist for the glory and honor of Almighty God. And God reveals his purpose for us in his word. We exist to serve him. We exist to worship him. We exist to bring glory unto his name. As the Bible says in Isaiah 43 and 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him, yes, I have made him. I wanna linger in this area for a while because you need to know why God made you and what God expects of you. The Apostle Paul stated his goals and his priorities in Philippians chapter three, verse seven. When he said, what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. God must be primary. Tell your neighbor, God must be primary. He must be primary because we are dependent on him. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. No living, no moving, no being without God. And so God must be primary. He must be primary because God is all wise and God knows what's best. I said he's all wise and he knows what is best. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, The foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Psalm 147 verse four, he counts the number of the stars and he calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power and his understanding is infinite. God has infinite understanding and we must rely on him and make him primary because he's all wise there's no way you can have a better idea than God does. There's no way you can have a better solution that God has provided for us in his word. Thirdly, God must be primary because God alone can fulfill and satisfy the deep cravings of our soul and of our spirit. You can't find satisfaction and peace anywhere but in God. The psalmist said in Psalm 73, 25 Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Also in Psalm 42 and 1 As the deer pants for the water brook so pants my soul for you, O God My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And then finally, in John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we've come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then finally, the fourth reason God needs to be primary because if you seek God and his will, everything else will take care of itself. Come on, tell your neighbor. Neighbor, if you seek God and the will of God, everything else will take care of itself. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. So this man was traveling. He knew where he was going. But while the man was traveling, he fell among thieves who assaulted him, who beat him, who left him naked and wounded and half dead. I don't know how they came upon the man. They may have ambushed him as he came by a point where they were hiding. They may have joined him and pretended to be fellow travelers and friends and when their number was enough they came upon the man and stripped him and wounded him and left him half dead. It may have been that they just came upon him secretly without his knowledge from behind and stripped him and wounded him and left him half dead. That's the condition that they left him in, stripped, wounded half dead nakedness is a sign of disgrace it's a sign of extreme poverty you're exposed you're unprotected from the blazing sun and freezing cold when you're naked this man was stripped he was naked but he was also wounded a wounded person is in extreme discomfort A wounded person is incapacitated. A wounded people, many wounded people look repulsive and their wounds are horrible to look upon. A wounded person cannot function normally until he's recuperated. And so he was naked and he was wounded. And then he was half dead. And to be half dead means that you're only half alive. had no ability to help himself. No ability to feed himself. He was destined to die if somebody did not help him. Is anybody here stripped? Is anybody here disgraced? Is anybody here going through and struggling through a time of trouble and distress? Some wounded people look repulsive. They're horrible to look at. A wounded person cannot function normally until he has recuperated. This man was stripped. This man was wounded. But also this man was half dead and thus he was only half alive. Had no ability to help himself. Had no ability to help anybody else. Couldn't feed himself. And he was destined to die without help. What happens That a life finds itself stripped and wounded and half dead and lying beside the road of life. Men who were physically attractive, men who were mentally sharp, who were strong, who were exploding with potential, are lying beside the road naked and dying. What happened to them? How is it that they found themselves in that condition? Thieves happen. I said thieves happen. That they were naked and wounded and half dead. The thieves came upon him. The Bible teaches that sin is a thief. It's a thief that destroys life and happiness on this earth. And also in the world to come. Can I say that again? Sin is a thief that destroys life and happiness on this earth and also in the world to come. In John 10 and 7, Jesus said to them again, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall be saved. I'm going to go in and come out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I'm come that they might have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Then he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I was driving out the rear of Smith's Barbecue. It used to be Leo. How many of y'all remember Leo's? I was driving out the back way over into the night, just getting me some barbecue to take home. As I was driving out the back driveway of Leo's, a beautiful young lady stepped out of the shadow and smiled at me, (laughs) waved at me. And I smiled at her, waved at her. Went straight on out that back driveway. But I had to have another look. So I checked out the rearview mirror. And out of the shadows had stepped a big guy above six feet or more standing beside her. And it looked as if he had something in his hand. If I had stopped to talk to her... I would have had to deal with him. And I didn't want to have to deal with him. Thank God I went on about my business. But the evil forces that would destroy you. Say that to your neighbor. The evil forces that would destroy you use various kinds of enticements. But the goal is to strip you and wound you and leave you half dead. That which is opposed to the will of Christ, that which is opposed to the glory of God, will kill you. It it will destroy you. It's a thief that will leave you naked and wounded and half dead. Are you still with me? James James 1 and 14. James 1 and 14 says, But each one is tempted but he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Can I read the Bible to you today? Yes. Let's move on to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, Not idolaters, not adulterers, not homosexuals, not sodomites, not thieves, not covetous, not drunkards, not revilers, not extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. I read the whole list, didn't I? Fornication and adultery. Those are thieves. They spread venereal diseases, which cause sickness and death. They rob boys and girls of their childhood, making them mothers and fathers while they're still children. They are the greatest factor in the abortion epidemic, which is the murder of innocent children. Fornication and adultery break up families, sprawl marriages, deprive husbands and wives of their proper faithfulness and affection and so fornication and adultery are thieves. Idolatry is a thief that causes men to serve the wrong gods, gods who cannot help them. Anything that separates you from God is an idol and is a sin. Homosexuality and sodomy are thieves because they contradict the biblical image of what the family ought to be. They deprive society of needed husbands and needed wives and needed mothers and fathers and they sometimes draw, recruit and influence innocent children into that lifestyle and those participating in the gay lifestyle are particularly susceptible to venereal diseases and AIDS so homosexuality and sodomy are thieves. Covetousness is the thief. The excessive desire for material things perverts proper priorities places higher value on money and things than it does on people it robs the church and other benevolent organizations of needed support and so covetousness is a thief next comes thieves and extortioners and extortion is nothing but a high class thief robbing mugging stealing to fill our jails made our cities colonies of terror drunkenness is a thief doesn't make any difference how you got drunk, with well, on alcohol or drugs. Jails and mental institutions, graveyards are being filled by the victims of substance abuse. I say jails and mental institutions are being filled by the victims of substance abuse. But verse 11 says, "And such were some of you, but you were washed." Anybody been washed in here? But you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Can I preach the Bible today? Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. And so God despises sin because of what it does to his children. Sin has robbed us. Sin has stripped us. Sin has wounded us, and sin has left us half dead. I want you to know the better we become, the better our lives become. And 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Listen, if we want to really live and if we want to thrive, it's time for us to fall down before God and repent for our sins and ask the Lord to heal our land. How many of you know our land needs to be healed? It's time for me to tell you Who the Good Samaritan represents? The Good Samaritan represents Jesus. For the Bible says in Matthew 1, 21, she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. The Good Samaritan came along. The priest had gone by. The Levite had come by. But here comes the Good Samaritan could not pass him by, could not leave him in that pitiful condition, the good Samaritan stopped by and ministered to the man. Note the danger of love. Hallelujah. The danger of love was that the good Samaritan was exposed to the same thieves that had come upon the man. If he had stopped to take care of the man, There was a great possibility that the thieves would return and attack him also. But the good Samaritan stopped anyhow, said it might be dangerous, but I'm going to do what is right. I'm gonna do what's good. I'm going to help the man out even though the thieves may come back. Jesus wanted to help us, but to help us he had to die on a cross with nails in his hands, and nails in his feet. He had to die on a cross, pierced in the side, but he loved us so much, that he died for us. God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. Thank you, Lord, for enduring the danger of love. Thank you, Lord, for going through the agony that you went through. You did it just for us. Note the danger of love. But then note also the inconvenience of love. The good Samaritan was in a far country. He was on an important mission. He had more to do than others who were passing by. But though they passed by, he said it might be inconvenient. But amid the inconvenience, I'm going to stop just the same. I've got to get somewhere. But I'm not too busy to do what's right and to help this man out. Listen, if you love, you'll endure the convenience. If you really love the Lord, you don't mind going out of your way for the glory of God. You don't mind working for God and serving the Lord. It was inconvenient, but he stopped just the same. Sometimes serving the Lord is inconvenient, but serve him anyhow. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, serve God anyhow. Note the price of love, hallelujah. When I took first aid back in school, my teacher told me that if somebody was hurt or wounded, I should tear their clothes off and make bandages. Tear their shirt, make a tourniquet. They're the ones that's wounded. Use their clothing to make bandages. Don't have to tear off your clothes, use their clothes. That's what they taught me in first aid. But this man had no clothes. No clothes. He was naked and he was wounded. So the good Samaritan had to tear off his business suit, had to tear up his expensive shirt and make bandages for the man. And then the Bible says he poured in oil and he poured in wine. Wine would be that which would cleanse and purify the wound. And wine is the symbol of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. The all would soothe and heal. It's a symbol of the Holy Ghost that anoints us with power and with effectiveness. And the Bible says you shall receive power, power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you you shall be witnesses unto me raise your hand and say lord we need the power of the holy ghost i don't know about you but i'm so glad i'm so glad that jesus came by if you're glad that jesus came by your life tell your neighbor i'm so glad so glad That Jesus came by, came by, and he found us wounded. He found us stripped. He found us half dead, and he gave us life. He died that we might live. He got up that we might have power. You may be stripped. You may be wounded. You may be half dead, but you can rise again. Grab your neighbor by the hand. And say, neighbor, you may be stripped. You may be wounded. You may be half dead. But you can rise. You can rise again. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you can rise. Oh, rise. Rise again. Yes. Yes. I don't care what your condition may be. I don't care what your need may be. Your marriage can be restored. Your career can be restored. Your reputation can be restored. Your life can be restored. The Lord said, I will restore what the years have destroyed. I'll restore what you've lost. I'll turn your life around. Yes, I will. Yes. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life, life more abundantly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for turning my life around. Thank you for giving me your power. Thank you for stepping in. Just when I need you most, thank you. Would somebody help me praise him? Praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply sane within. I was sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea. Heard my despairing cry from the waters, lifted me. Now say, am I? Won't you, Lord, lift you? Has he ever lifted you? Come on and praise him. Yes, yes, yes. I've got to stop. I said, I've got to stop. But the man made a mistake. The man made a mistake. The mistake that he made was that he should not have traveled alone. Should not have gone out on this journey by himself. I just come by to tell you you don't have to travel by yourself. You don't have to go on this journey all alone. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you don't have to travel by yourself. You can have someone to help you and to take care of you child of god we've got the father we've got the son we've got the holy ghost if we've got those we're able to make it god the father maker of heaven and earth god flung the stars against the blackness of the night god who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. We ask, I think, God will be with you. Tell your neighbor, God will be with you. Jesus, the Son of God, wants to travel with you. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake him. I'll be with you in trouble, in the storm, and if jesus goes with me i'll go anywhere come on and praise him you can have the father you can have the son you can have the holy ghost hallelujah you shall receive power power after the holy ghost has come upon you stand up and say power got the power, you can make it. If you've got the power, you're an overcomer. If you've got the power, the Holy Ghost will bring you out. The Holy Ghost will guide you. The Holy Ghost will direct you. The devil may come in like a flood, but the Holy Ghost will give you strength to endure. Come on and praise it. Praise Him, praising, 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 praising. come on and praise Him. You don't know how valuable, you don't know how important you are in the eyes of God. God thinks you're so important that he gave his son to die for your sins. God loves you so much that God's mind is constantly on you every night and every day. You've got such a bright future, so much in store that God has planned for you. Your family is depending upon you. Your loved ones are relying upon you. The people of the Lord are praying for you. Don't you miss what God has in store for you. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't miss what God has in store for you. I see you in the future and you look much better than you do right now. Don't miss out on your bright future. God wants to take you higher than you've ever been before. Come on, neighbor, let's go forth in the power of God. No weapon, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper every time that rises up against you. You shall condemn, you've got a heritage. Tell two people you've got a heritage. Yes! Oh, yes! Stand up everybody, give praise, give praise, give praise, give praise. Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah. Oh, okay. is
0: Hallelujah.
1: we bless Your name today. We honor Your name today. We yes, 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 today.
0: yes, yes. Yes. We bless Your yes. name today. We your name today. Yes.
1: Worship
0: it, Worship, it, worship it. I worship You. Oh my Yeah. Give praise to the Lord. Give glory. Glory, glory. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing in the room. Thank you that we are not alone. We can have the Father. We can have the Son. We can have the Holy Ghost. And if the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost are with us, there's nothing that can stop us, nothing that can hinder us, nothing that can block us. You're a shield. You're a protector. And we magnify you and glorify you for all that you are. And I just like for everybody just to take a full two minutes to worship the Lord. When I count to three, with everything that's within you, begin to worship the Lord. One, two, three, worship him. Yeah.
1: Bless my soul right now. Oh God and bless my soul.
0: 50 people who know what the Lord has done for you, who are glad the Holy Ghost is in your life, who are glad that Jesus is with you as a shield and a protector. I want about 50 folk who just really feel like praising God. Clap your hands, open up your mouth, and begin to praise Him. many people who as this service has gone forth as the word of the Lord has been proclaimed you've decided in your heart Lord I need you Lord I want to please you I don't want to lie beside the road stripped and wounded and half dead I want the life that you made possible for me I want my sins forgiven. I want to be sure that you're God of my life and that I have your blessing on my life. How many of you feel that way today? I want to pray for those who do not know Jesus, those who are not saved, those whose sins are not forgiven. If you're here today and how the Word of God went forth, the Word found you, and you see yourself needing the help and the presence Forgiveness and power of the Lord. I want to pray for you. If you want to accept Jesus, lift your hand now. Lift that hand, hold it high. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. This is your moment, this is your time. Preacher, I want to be saved. I don't want my life to end up in wreckage and difficulty. I want life. I want to live. I want to be forgiven. I want to know you. Lift that hand, hold it high. Wherever you may be, wherever you may be, lift that hand, lift that hand, lift that hand. Every head is bowed. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand. I pray even for those who should have lifted their hands but did not do so. I pray, dear God, that you will come into their lives and set them free. Let them never be the same again. Protect them as they travel the road of life. Let your presence and power be around them and upon them. In the name of Jesus, bring them to a safe destination. Pray this prayer after me, everybody. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. Thank you, dear Jesus. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. Thank you that you're my Savior. I receive you now, and by faith I am saved, I am forgiven, I have new life. Clap your hands, everybody, and praise God. If you prayed that prayer with me, if you've accepted the Lord, if you want to join the church, you want to be a member of the church, you want to express your desire that God will come into your life and transform your life, If you've accepted him, I want to know you. I want to shake your hand. I want your name on my prayer list. I want to write you this week. If you prayed with me, step into the aisle, come forth to this altar, and we'll receive you in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands for them as they come.